0: In the series Dominate. And um, we've been learning how coming to know Jesus can dramatically and drastically change the way we live our lives. That we can dominate in His name. That we have been created to have dominion over the earth originally, but but we learned the first week of this, this series that Satan stole that from us. God made a way for that to be brought back through Jesus. And last week, Pastor Todd talked about having a new culture, a kingdom culture. And if you become a part of the family of God, you will have to behave like a part of the family of God, right? And that is the new culture that Pastor Todd talked about. This morning, we'll be talking about enjoying our destiny in Christ. You see, destiny is a great word. Destiny speaks of the predetermined, inevitable, irresistible course and purpose that God has for us. When we were thinking of a church name for this one, we thought of so many things. New creation, new beginnings, new life, but there's two other new life churches here in Lloydminster, so we didn't want that. Um, So we were thinking, in my head, I was like, "Mm, Destiny is a great name. But we chose Mosaic in the end because it speaks better of what we are and who we are in Christ. broken pieces coming together to form a great artwork that only God can come up with. But I like the word destiny. That's why it came to mind. You see, we have destiny, a destiny in Jesus Christ, right? We learned uh, two weeks ago in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, that even before he made the world, he being God, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in love Beautiful, right? God decided in advance, predestined us to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Let's look look at some truths that we find in that scripture. First is, before you were born, before the world was formed, he loved you and chose you. What does that say about God? He's a God of plans. But he also is a god of love he thought of you before you were even born next truth here is beautiful beautiful people are here god has planned to bring you to himself to adopt us into his family he did not just love you it shows you but he brought you in into his family through whom through jesus christ and according to that verse that we we read in verse five that was what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. To love you, to choose you, to adopt you, gave him pleasure. It made him really, really happy. Now, it, it's, it's beautifully connected. I, I like it. I like to connect it to that verse in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And some of you have memorized this before, or in the past. You can recite it by heart, and it says, For I know... The plans that I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of plan. He has a plan for you. And I know that sounds cliche, right? People say, oh, you know, you're going through tough times. God has a great plan for you. It's a cliche, but, but it's true. The reason it became a cliche is because it's true. It was said and it's been said many, many times. Because in Christ... You have a destiny and you have a hope. One worship leader, one of my friends, um, he's from California. And he's not really uh, of the same generation as I am. He's a lot older. But he wrote a a song in 2007 that goes this way. I love this song. Um, Hopefully we could learn this one of these days. I have a hope. I have a future. I have a destiny that is yet awaiting me. My life's not over. A new beginning has just begun. I have a hope. I have this hope. God has a plan. It's not to harm me, but it's to prosper me and to hear me when I call. He intercedes for me, working all things for my good, though trials may come. Say this with me. I have a hope. I have a hope. I love that word. You see, our destiny, our hope, our future, are secure, according to scriptures, when we are in Christ. Now, I'd like you for you to repeat after me. My destiny? My hope and my future are secure in Christ. See, our destiny is to be a part of God's family. And if you have Christ in you, then your destiny has already begun. You must understand that your destiny is closely related to your faith. It is by faith that you have joined the the myriads of people who are in this journey going to this destination called Jesus. You have a destiny in Christ. But you must understand, like I said, it's related to your faith. It is your faith in Christ that sealed your destiny. Your faith in Christ gives you confidence in what God said. Your faith in Christ gives you hope. I love the verse that says in Hebrews chapter 11, Faith is having confidence, confidence in things hoped for. It gives assurance about things we cannot see. I love the word hope, don't you? It just seems very heartwarming. But you know, whenever, I realize this, whenever we use the word hope, there's always an air of negativity or or insecurity, right? Have Have you figured that out? The way we use the word hope is almost to a negative sense. Trying to make it positive. For example, hey, did you take good pictures this morning? I hope, right? Is she going to recover from, his, from, uh, from her illness? I hope so. Will you pass the test? I hope I will. Right? It's almost, we, we use the word hope almost with a negative air to it. But the biblical definition of hope is beautiful. Here it is. Hope is a confident expectation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance. It's having confidence in what God said. The Bible defines hope that way. Hope is something that is sure, that you are looking forward to, and it's going to happen. Amen? Amen. That is what hope is in Scripture. But here's what I want for you to understand about your destiny, your future, and your hope. It begins now. It begins now. When you have received Jesus into your life, your destiny, your hope, your future has begun it's not something that you look forward to it's something that you have to enjoy right now you enjoy it now and here's the first point that i'd like for us to to learn in this um in this talk because if our future begins now the bible tells us in ephesians chapter 3 that we can enjoy our destiny in christ and here's the first point in christ i can know god's plan and enjoy his promise in Christ, I, I can know God's plan and enjoy His promise. Our faith in Christ provides us with the ability to know that what God says is ours is ours. If He promises to you that you would have eternal life if you receive Jesus into your life, you will have eternal life. That's just it. Nobody questions that. If He tells you He will provide for your needs, then he, you will have to take His word for it. He's that kind of a God. Don't ever doubt the plan and the promise of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 to 7 is beautiful. And this is Paul, St. Paul, writing this. He said, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his righteous or mysterious plan to me. As you read what I've written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations. Let's, Let's pause there. Paul here is saying to the people in Ephesus, the Christians in Ephesus, you know what? God had a plan. Or God has always had a plan. But, but here's what's cool about his plan. He revealed it to me in this generation. He, he, he just did not re- reveal it to the, the, the former generation. He's talking about the Old Testament people. If you know your Old Testament, if you're here and you're new, the Old Testament is the uh, the first half of the Bible. And, and here he Paul is saying, you know, you know what's cool? In this generation, God revealed to me his plan for the world, his plan for humanity. You see, the people in the Old Testament, the characters in, in the Old Testament part of the Bible, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Gideon, David, those names, those biblical characters, etc. You, you see. God did not reveal His huge, His overarching, His perfect plan to them. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 39 talks about that and it says this, All these people, meaning the Old Testament believers, earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. Isn't that interesting? Let's let's just pause there. That's interesting to me. If you compare my faith to their faith, they they witnessed a lot of miracles. They witnessed God's God's hand at work. And yet we find here that that even though they have good reputation because of their faith, none of them received all that God had promised. And to continue that reading, verse 40 says, For God had something better in mind. For who? For us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Now, what does that mean, Pastor John? That means that the Old Testament believers had no idea about the full plan of God. What is the plan of God? It is to bring people unto Himself through Jesus Christ. That is the plan of God. To make every human being who will put their faith in Jesus Christ to be part of their family, of His family. And that is the plan of God. It wasn't revealed to the Old Testament saints. But it was revealed to Paul. And because it was revealed to St. Paul, it is revealed to us. We can know the promise and the plan of God. When the Old Testament saints were living, they were living their faith. Living out their faith in a land and in a territory where, where it's dangerous to live out their faith. But they obeyed God. But they had no idea that one day, God will put everything to summation through Jesus Christ. And that is why that verse in Hebrews chapter 11 says, God has something better for us. Why? Because we have Jesus. The Old Testament saints, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, those those names, they had faith in God. And they looked forward to what God is about to do. But at that particular time, when they were acting on their faith, they had no idea. They were just acting on their faith, on the fact, that, you know, God called me, and therefore I will follow. But aren't you thankful that in Christ they have been made complete, and you have been made complete in Christ? Beautiful. Let's continue reading Ephesians chapter 3. But now, by His Spirit, He has revealed it to His holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading the good news. This is the good news is the good news no matter who you are where you're from don't care what you did as long as you are in Christ you can enjoy the promise that God has for people who will receive Christ Amen. you can enjoy the presence of God in your life you can enjoy the promise of blessing that is found in Christ available to all of God's children You can enjoy the work that he is doing in your life and through your life and in his body the church leads me to the second point in christ i can understand god's purpose from a bigger perspective you can understand because of because of knowing the plan of god you are now able to understand his purpose better from a bigger perspective you see whenever someone comes to me to seek advice whether it's college life or dealing with, with marital issues or, or dating, whatever. Whenever somebody comes to me, I always tell them, step back, try to look at your situation from a bigger perspective, because it allows you to make bigger <coughs> plans. It allows you to see possible roadblocks. You, you are able to see certain things that happened in the past that's worth learning from, etc. And so the next few verses tells us that our individual life stories all play a part in a greater, much bigger story. Verses 8 to 11 says this, Though I am the least, this is Paul speaking, the serving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles, meaning the non-Jews, about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church, you and me, to display his wisdom in its rich variety. To all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places, this was his eternal plan which he carried out through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now... Here's this thing here, this is what it means. God revealed his plan to St. Paul, and St. Paul revealed God's plan to us. Our individual lives, our destiny, our hope, our future, all point to the wisdom and love and the grace of God that is at work in this world. If you look at your life from a bigger perspective, you will realize that you are not alone. God is not working just in you individually, but he's working in many individuals. And your story is a part of a bigger story. Now, if you think about that, like I said, step back from, your, from, from, from what you, your situation and look at it from a bigger perspective. You will see yourself in the middle of God's action, in the middle of God's people. And you know what that does? It takes away selfishness. Takes away selfishness because you realize that you are a part of a bigger story. You are a part of a bigger story. God assigned your life to be that way. That is why I love Christianity. Because of all the religions in the world, this talks, this is the only one that teaches about community and what it means to be a part of a community, and not just to be individuals running running a path or walking a path that leads to somewhere we are all walking together and we are part of a great big picture and sometimes we need to step back and look at our look at our lives from a perspective that is different away from your own individual life and see it the way god sees it and the way god sees it is this He has designed our lives to be a part of the church. And according to this this verse that we just read in verse 10, God's purpose in all this was to use the church, the people of God, to display His wisdom in its rich variety. But I'd like for us to see, and I'd like for you to underscore this part of the verse, because it does say that we are to display the wisdom of God in its rich variety to whom? To all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now, who are these unseen rulers and authorities? Who are these? And why would God want to display our lives to them? Who are they? How important are they in the scheme, in the grand scheme of things? Here's the thing: I'd like for you to see this verse also in Ephesians. And I will I'd like for you to find a connection. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against what? Evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You see the connection? The connection is this. God wants to show off his greatness to the very beings that try to steal, kill, and destroy humanity. He wanted to show these rebels satan and his buddies that they will not succeed in trying to win the lives or steal the lives or destroy the lives of the people he created aren't you thankful i am thankful by the death of his son jesus on the cross he redeemed people out of darkness into his marvelous light to show satan and his cohorts his buddies dude you're no match. No matter how far you drag this person away from me, I will make sure that my grace is sufficient for this person that you have dragged away. His grace is sufficient for you. And so if you are in Christ, you are on display for all the world to see, especially the unseen rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. The heavenly places just means around us. They are all over. It's beautiful. You see, when, when Jesus hung on the cross and when he said, it is finished, he sealed the impending doom of all these unseen rulers. He signed the death certificate of these enemies. They thought they won, but actually they did not. Because Colossians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 say this. Beautiful words. He canceled, say that with me, he canceled. He canceled what? The record of charges against us. What are those? Sin, our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. And in this way, he, Jesus, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and shamed them publicly by victory, by his victory over them on the cross. Aren't you thankful for Easter? Aren't you thankful for his sacrifice all the sins that you struggle with have been nailed to the cross have been nailed to the cross and pastor john why do i still struggle with it because you're still here and you're still in the flesh but st paul said you you don't have to be a man you don't have to be mastered by the sinful nature With Christ in you, with the Spirit in you, you can master that nature. Rick Warren, the great pastor in California said, every temptation is an opportunity to glorify God. Because it's an an opportunity to say no to temptation and sin and follow Christ. But as long as you're here, you will struggle. I struggle. I'm not perfect. But I'm glad that because of the victory of Jesus Christ on the cross, I don't have to be a slave to my struggles. That's why I like the word struggle. It's a fight. But you must win because Jesus is in you. So here's the thing. Don't ever give Satan and his buddies authority over you. Don't give him authority over you. They have no power over you anymore. Every time they try to fool you or to steal something from you, remind them of their shame and their defeat. And that leads me to my next point. In Christ, I can exercise audacious faith. In Christ, I can exercise audacious faith. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12 says this, Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now boldly and confidently in the, go into God's presence or come into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Now before we talk about audacity, let's understand why Paul said, please don't lose heart in verse 13. You see, when Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, he was in prison. He say, what? An apostle? I, I thought our destiny is to have successful lives and to be great. And he's in prison? Yes, he was in prison when he wrote this. He was in prison that's part of what happened to him because of his faith it was a time when Christianity was illegal the only legal religion is well every every other religion is legal in the Roman Empire but you have to affirm back in the Roman Empire you have to affirm that Caesar the Emperor of Rome is Lord now Christians can't say that, because only Jesus is Lord. And so it was illegal to be a Christian during that time. But what was Paul's job? His job was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He tried to convert as many people as he can to Christ. That's what brought him to prison. And so he saw it as, as an opportunity to be a witness. See, that's, that's the mindset that we, we can learn from. Apostle Paul I may be going through these struggles but I did not go to prison because of something I did wrong I did something right I did something that is glorious in the sight of Jesus Christ that's why I'm here and it's still part of his glorious destiny in Christ but verse 12 says this because of Christ and our faith in him Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Boldness and confidence equals audacity. Because of Christ, we can have access into the presence of God. And for those of you who have been coming to Mosaic Church over the last 9 or 11 months, I have talked about the presence of God many times, and this is what we've learned over the few months. The presence of God means this. His favor is upon us, His protection is over us, His provision is accessible to us. His face shines on us, his ears leaning towards us when we pray. His power is at work in us, and his goodness is revealed to us. That's what it means to enjoy the presence of God. And if you are in Christ, you have access to all those. Which leads me to my next point. In Christ, I can tap into God's unlimited resources. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 17 says this. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now, when we hear the word resources, we always think of money, wealth and possessions. But that's not all there is to that promise. That's not all there is to God's glorious unlimited resources. You see, above material possessions, emotional stability and career success, we find here something more significant that is related to the purpose of God and the promise of God to us. You see, God's glorious unlimited resources provide us with inner strength through the Holy Spirit. Why inner strength? I could use some, you know, a couple thousand dollars. But why inner strength? Why inner strength? Because that's what we need the most. That's what we need the most, whether you accept it or not. Because you can have all the money on earth, but without inner strength, you won't be able to enjoy it. You won't be able, we won't be able to to even wisely use it. We need inner strength for everything, whether it's in raising a child or making your marriage work or in sharing your faith with somebody or living for God, in saying no to temptation and doing what's best. We need inner strength when we face difficult situations and trials. We need inner strength. That is what we need the most and that is why that is made available to us from God's unlimited resources. See, God's unlimited resources has a lot of things too. But most important of all, He wants to provide for you inner strength. Who needs inner strength? A lot of us do. A lot of us do. I'm not sure where you're at. But my prayer for you, Mosaic Church, is that you would tap into God's unlimited resources to strengthen you in every area of your life. Ephesians 3.17 tells us, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, sounds familiar, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. What will keep you strong? His love. His unlimited resources. His love. That's what will make you strong. That's very important for all of us. And when we experience his love, the Bible tells us, we would experience completeness in Christ. And I pray that you would know what it means to be secure and complete in Christ. Because that's the next point. The Bible tells us that in Christ, I can experience completeness in his love. Ephesians 3, 18 to 19 says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, I love that. Paul is saying, I hope everybody understands, somehow, that God loves them. That God loves them. And here's what he said about God's love. As many, as all people, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully then you will be made what? Read that for me. Complete. When you experience the fullness of God's love, you will feel complete. And I always say this, you know, I, being a single guy, I always get asked, and I said this before, don't you want to get married, Pastor John? You <laughs> are getting old. You might be losing your hair. <laughs> might be, might be. My dad is 84, yes, still has a full head of hair, but very thin. Anyway, um, you know what? At this point in my life, I love being single. And I don't care if my body has needs, and you know what I'm talking about. But the love of Christ overshadows that and overpowers that. By the grace of God, I can forego and let go of that the sake of the ministry and the love that Christ has for me and for the people of God I'm not saying you guys should all remain single or be single don't divorce anyone okay (laughs) what I'm saying is even in your married life even in your single life even in your career whatever situation you might find yourself in you can feel and be complete in Christ if you know his love if you know his love, if you understand it, I love Psalm 23. Psalm 23 once says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I will lack nothing. Translation, in him I am complete. In Christ we find completeness. We find our rest our provision, our security, our confidence, our stability, authority, our home in Christ. Everything we will ever need in this life and in this in the life to come, we will find in Christ. He completes us. He completes us. And you will never ever find a sense of completeness anywhere else. No way. Your destiny is to be complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I want you to read this verse with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. Read that bottom part. In him, I am complete. And finally, this is the last um, point in this message. In Christ, I can join in the work that God is doing. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21 says this. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all all generation forever and ever. Amen. See what this means? That in Christ, we can rise and take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Think of something that the enemy stole from you in the past, and you can go back and take it. Take it in the name of Jesus. You are able to dominate him because he is stronger. In Christ, we rise to see how great God's love is. Stand with us. In Christ, we can rise to bring others into his presence. In Christ, we are able to rise and take hold of the destiny that God has placed before us.